0: headphones on let's do this
1: hey do you know of a uh, a podcast i could listen to that has nerd and comic books and stuff i really can't find one i say you ever heard of the nerd dumb podcast
2: everybody and welcome to the nerd dome podcast episode 239 i am your podcaster without fear luke and today i am joined with ah, robert
3: <laughs> three three guys who are too polite to jump in and say chris, who they are he,
0: he said we followed the list and you were next was i yes I'm
3: so out of it on this one my bad classic Chris. i should have
0: pointed sh-
2: yeah classic chris <clears throat>
0: And I'm alliterative Andrew.
2: <laughs> hey. uh, oh joy! Yeah, and 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 our special guest, who introduced himself once, he gets to do it again because he's again? that special.
1: Holy cow! Hi, I'm Robert.
2: Yeah. Uh, Robert was was on the uh, Philip Seavey, uh podcast we did because uh, due to circumstances, I didn't. I wasn't sure if anyone else was going to make it. And I was like, Robert,
1: <laughs> And would I was you please join.
2: <laughs> please hop on? And then and then Ryan was able to get there at the last second. But yeah, that was that was a fun one. So you've you've heard you've heard Rob before, and now he's back. You're stuck uh, with me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag so sorry, ha- not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how you guys been doing? This last time we recorded. Fabulous. Doing okay. Yeah, doing all right. Good. Good, good fun stuff i uh um i watched blue beetle finally oh how was it i enjoyed it it was <laughs> it, you i mean say that
1: i enjoyed it
2: it was so like i didn't have the highest expectations for it so i was like okay this this was fine this was a good I didn't feel like I was like I was not falling asleep during it. I didn't feel like I was I could have been doing other things. I watched well, Luke, it. I had do a good time. Jaime? No. <laughs> no, he's my favorite. He's my favorite.
0: Um Dan Garrett's not your favorite Blue Beetle?
2: Uh-uh. Not Ted no. Cord. No, no. Um but no, I thought I thought it was great. I liked uh they used colors very well in that. That was kind of their Looked like that was what they were going for from the beginning. It's just, everything was very, lots of blues and purples and pinks, very Very neon. Yeah. Like a Miami type of feel for the, for the city. Um, I liked the, the grandma character was, was great. Um, Screaming down with the imperialists while she shoots a giant (laughs) cannon from the hip was, was fun. Um, But of the, the Jaime Blue Beetle that I've read, like he is very family oriented. So seeing the family as involved in the movie, I was like, okay, I don't have a ton of knowledge on Blue Beetle. Um, so a lot of it was kind of done after the fact. And I was like, okay, okay. And it, it,
1: uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Have you uh, watched any of Young Justice on yes. HBO Max? Yes. So he does feature pretty prominently in the season two and three in in mm. that series, um, and they stay somewhat true to his character there or to his origin, mm-hmm. um, adapted for that storyline. But they they tried to keep it within reason at least.
0: I liked his... Raven the Bold too.
1: Mm. Yeah, mm. I liked his little bit parts in the story of
2: the second injustice game when you got to play between him and. I can't remember now, but it was like you get to choose between Blue Beetle and uh, uh, another character, and I always chose Blue Beetle because he was fun. He was fun to. He had all the he had all the the cool stuff that Cyborg could do, but he was a little bit faster. So that's kind of the way they they built that character out. Um, but I did also watch the two episodes that they've released of Doom Patrol. Yes, and I'm I know you watched
0: to that it. too. Yeah. Yeah, it picks up right where it left off. Like you were, like we were waiting in the middle of a season for it to continue, <laughs> uh, and so uh, all our favorite, likable and unlikable characters are there. And I'm happy to see so much space case in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. I like space Casey.
2: Yeah, the uh, the the I, I guess she's like lost is the way the best way in to describe her in these two episodes. Is she just doesn't know what to. do do now and but she still kind of got that optimism that she's using like as a shell to to hide that discomfort and i think she's the actress is doing a great job at it
0: it kind of reminds me of mystery team did you ever see that it's a donald glover movie um it's kind of like what if the hardy boys were real in a modern age Hmm. and like they're going and or trying to not even to like the
3: Hardy Boys, like Encyclopedia Brown, yeah. Where it was like a, it's like a child who figures out like who stole like uh, Mrs. Witherby's, uh like pumpkin pie that she, that she left on the windowsill, and then are asked to solve an actual murder. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, wow, it's terrific, and <laughs> and so the way Space Case is dealing with that reminds me a lot of these. Uh, out-of-touch characters thrown in way beyond their depth you Mm -hmm. know yeah
2: yeah i and again this uh, brendan frazier is so good (laughs) just like with his voice acting in that i at any time like i especially when he's like oh fuck this i'm like that is i was like this is great this is awesome but it also makes me sad that like it's coming to an end you know what i mean Like I'm like
0: the way I I see it is we got four seasons of doom patrol. That was way better than I could have hoped for given the quality of DC productions. Uh, and the fact that I usually Peter out on their shows after about the third season, doom Mm -hmm. patrol kept it fresh, got kept me sticking with it. Yeah. But I don't feel like I can be subjective about that.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah. It, um, I, I, they have this again. It's the same feel every season. Like I know there's some shows that, like, like say the first two seasons, like they just have a certain tone or they feel a certain way, and then they kind of drift off and they meander and they don't ever really get back to what made it good. I don't think Doom Patrol has meandered at all. It feels exactly the same from the first episode to what we
1: just watched. Shorted weird stays weird.
0: They've yeah. lost their seasoned British actor and replaced them with a another seasoned British actor. So yeah, no,
2: I'm here yeah. for it. They're doing a good job. Yeah. I saw, uh, cause uh, I don't, th- I think Ryan had just started it when I got to the, the wear asses part. And I was like, Ryan, uh, he's like, it's a little weird. I'm like, stick yeah. with it.
0: Yeah. It's, with the it. So, yeah. it's the ass apocalypse. So yeah,
2: the that was great. Um, And I also uh, finished the, my adventures with Superman. Oh, I love that show.
0: I love
1: that show so Uh, much.
0: I am so happy to have a hopeful Superman again.
3: Right.
1: Right. After so long. And and the fun thing for me is that um, he was voiced by Jack Quaid, who also voices Boimler on Star Trek Lower Decks and looking at, the similarities and the very definite differences yeah. between the characters yeah. and how he brings them both to life in different ways was just fun for me.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Archer and Bob's Burgers. Right, John right. How Benjamin comes yeah. across very differently as Bob than he does as Archer.
2: My my favorite episode of Archer is when they come back from the season and he's flipping burgers in the bar. <laughs> and he's like, what, what am I doing? I loved it. I loved it. Um, But speaking of the, the Jack Quaid and the voice actors, I actually saw a a clip uh, from, I don't remember what convention it is, but it's uh, the voice actor who does Peter Parker in the PS five or PS four Spider-Man games. He also did a voice of Superman in uh, a short, a couple short cartoons. And he said he's like, there's a very small club of people that have voiced Peter Parker and Superman. He's like, it's myself, Jack Quaid, because he did Peter Parker in oh, uh, spider verse. Yeah. And he said,
0: the most recent one.
2: Yep. And he said, um, and Nicholas cage, Superman in the flash and Spider-Man noir in, uh, into the spider verse. He's like, so it's a club of three. <laughs> <laughs> Three people to be Spider-Man and Superman wow. voices.
1: That's that's uh, quite the yeah. the cadre.
2: Yep, he said we're gonna make T-shirts. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, the oh no, uh, sorry, back onto uh, my adventures of Superman. I liked the uh, the League of Lois's um, <laughs> and showing all of the different Clark's, and you see the old Justice League uh Superman and all the like uh the original Lois is the the one who started the League of Loises and she was the best Lois. I love that. I I love when DC can do multiverse stuff like well. Like like when they do it well it's it it's awesome.
1: Are you saying the flash wasn't done well? I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Put
0: when it TV came time to review like the toys. movie, Rob, I recommended they watch a different movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is, that is 100% true. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I liked it. I like happy Superman, Superman that smiles. I do get a little bit of Boymler when he's playing uh, Clark. Yes. But then he switches it off when, yes. when it's Superman
1: and. The delineation between the characters was very uh, Christopher Reeve esque, or even Brandon Ralph esque, in the way that he portrayed Clark versus uh, mm-hmm. Kal El, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's and, it, and listen, I liked it so much, I ended up I'm not a haven't read a lot of Superman, and we'll get to this when I get to my comics. But I actually picked up a bunch of Superman comics to read after that show. So,
1: I mean, I guess that's how much I liked it. I will warn you that the comics that you that you showed us what they were um mm. are not are optimistic superman. It's not beat down drudgery superman. It's right. great because right. it's kind of been done and is not mm. he's not flying batman. Right. Which is some people want him to be.
2: Um, I like happy superman. So
1: he should be a happy character. He should be at least an upbeat, hopeful, hopeful character, not just mm-hmm. uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I've got, I've got to fly. Oh, look, I've got all these. In my eyes. Oh. <laughs> I'm so done with this. I did like,
2: I did like in uh, my adventure with Superman when he was working through hearing everything mm-hmm. all the time, because that's one thing that I always, because you usually just see Superman like, oh, I can hear what I want when I want. And there's no side effects of it <laughs> whatsoever. And they actually showed, I was like, he looks tired. He looks exhausted because he's just constantly uh, got to go here. Got to go there. Got to go here. Well, so, Okay. I'm
1: going to have to, you're going to make me backtrack now. Um, one thing that, uh, what's his name? Zack Snyder did right in Man of Steel was when he showed that scene with young Clark dealing with that. And oh, And yes, hearing yes, yes. way too many things and mm. not being able to filter. I think mm. that that was one thing that he did right for me. Um, in expressing, you're developing all these superpowers and you have nobody to talk to about it. Go. And I think that, that right. was just one that was done well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I watched was the f- uh, first two episodes of Loki season two. And I, also saw and I know, Robert, you have not yet. And That's Chris.
1: Okay. You, can, you can dive in. I'm fine.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh well first Andrew, what do you what do you think of the first couple episodes?
0: It's terrific. Uh I like the the guard went and found his best life. hmm Right? And Zaniac. It, yes. <laughs> his best life happens to be an actor in the seventies. So
2: yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed uh Tom Hiddleston getting to stretch his legs doing kind of villainous stuff. I was like, cause Loki's a villain. So, and it's been a while since you've seen him be menacing a little bit. Um, And he, it's not a ton, but there's, there's a point in the second episode where you're like, Oh yeah, he's good at that. He's really good at
0: Bombs it a little bit in the second one? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The (laughs) Owen Wilson is just Owen Wilson in everything that he's ever in and yeah (laughs) there's the there's a thing where he's apologizing for losing his temper and slapping somebody and loki goes listen man it's it's okay we all have to blow off steam you know this is one time i was really mad at my brother and my dad and i held new york city captive with an alien army you know so (laughs) it happens (laughs) but yeah, no, just getting him to just getting uh, able to see him kind of bring that back out was nice because it's it's been a while since since I've seen that. I'm uh, t- 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 trying to think what else. Um, oh, um, the I can't remember his name. The actor that voices Rutherford from Lower Decks is. Yes, yes. He uh seeing him in um Loki was was awesome.
0: Uh I used to watch Tacoma FD, which mm. he was on. It was it's a TV show about firefighters set in the rainiest city in America. <laughs> uh and it's the super trooper guys. Mm-hmm. And so he was on that show. And uh yeah, it's terrific.
2: Yeah, so hearing him nerd out about the handbook was very on on character for his other character that he voiced. So I was like, that's, that's awesome. And Ob's doing a great job in this too. Like we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to die. It's fine. <laughs> he's, he's been, he's been fun. Uh, but now let's move on to uh, the news section from New York city. Comic-Con that just wrapped up. Over the last, well, it wrapped up on Sunday, so just over last weekend, we got some, uh, we got some interesting stuff, some fun stuff, and I want to talk about it a little bit and get your guys' opinions on it. Uh, so the first thing is. Avengers Twilight. It's an upcoming series by Chip Zdarsky and Daniel Acuna. Uh, it takes place in the future where there are no need for superheroes anymore. And this is the, the little blurb that they put out. that said, uh, in a gleaming new world of prosperity, Captain America is no more, but Steve Rogers still exists. Floating through an America where freedom is an illusion, where the Avengers are strangers and his friends are long dead. But is the dream, how do you assemble Avengers in a world that doesn't want them? And that is next year when that's coming out.
1: And when you first mentioned this to me, I was like Avengers twilight vampire Avengers blade's going to be pissed. (laughs) Sparkly (laughs) ones. Sparkly, sparkly sparkly Hulk vampires. Blade's going to be pissed.
2: So what do you guys think of that? Sound interesting. Sound something like you read.
0: Chip Zdarsky does a really good job with the alternate universe stuff in particular, Spider-Man life story uh, as an example. Yeah. Yeah. Let's probably give it a look for sure.
1: Um, I think that Steve Rogers, how do you assemble Avengers in a world that doesn't want them or doesn't uh, doesn't want them kind of reminds me of the dimension Z run of Captain America to a degree where you've got to assemble underground heroes possibly and get them more mainstream you know get them into the public eye so i think that steve rogers and if this is just going to be a continuation of the character that we've seen so that he has those memories of dimension z and having to build an underground army or just having been nomad even and fighting against the man i think that you know that's that's the guy that you're going to want for that is steve rogers I don't know that Carol would pull that off as well, because Carol would just be like, I'm just going to punch everything. Hmm. So I think that having having the opinion of the man who's embodied the dream for so long, who's fought against the dream when it kind of deviated from what it should have been, he's the guy.
3: Hmm. Uh, looking at some of the artwork for this, and man, like the first thing that that I... <laughs> the first thing I was thinking when you were saying this is like, It's hard to write anything about the future of America right now. You know what I mean? With just in the Mm. political situation and the, uh, the, that the country kind of finds itself in. Uh, Captain America, I trust, like you're saying, Chip Zdarsky, if, if he's my age, you know what I mean? If he was any older, I would be like, oh, this is just going to be how Captain America can't figure out his VR headset. You know what I mean? He's just like, oh, the kids these days, why do they like all this, you know? Why do they like the SpongeBob Ouch. so much? Couch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Rob, if Rob was writing this right now, he'd be like, oh, your kids and your calculators in your pocket. No. Just kidding. But it it, it does like uh, if it was anyone else, I'd be like kind of worried about it where, where it was like, what what do they have to say with this? You know what I mean? Like, is it a hopeful future? Is it something hopefully it's a, a, a good Captain America stories or ones are like good Superman stories, right? Where he's the he's the pinnacle. He's the ideal. He's the guy who says I'm making the hard decisions because they're difficult. You know what I mean? He's the. The ideal that never existed, but we know is possible. You know what I mean. And so, if this if this ends up being like a super bleak thing, um, I don't know. I feel like we got plenty of stuff that's that's bleak in reality right now. And if it's a if it's a reflection of what's what's really going on right now, I'm kind of torn on it because it's like I'd like to see Marvel doing stories that are holding the mirrors up to society because um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's when comics are working the best, right? All sci-fi, really is is when it's taking your your uh, it's warnings of of uh political futures and like of of um things that could go wrong. Uh so we'll see, you know what I mean? Like I I I'm I am uh 50-50 on it for sure. And it could just be mm. bad, you know what I mean? But like uh hope it's hope it's cool. I'm a, I I want to give it a chance for sure. Hopefully optimistic. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I I I have lots of feelings about it. And uh, I haven't read it, <laughs> so, right. which is right. how right. I feel about lots
2: of stuff. Lots of uh. opinions about a thing I haven't seen yet. <laughs> uh, so listen, I know how you guys love events in comics and it's the best thing that they've ever done. Um, but we get uh, the next one for 2024 is going to be blood hunt. Uh, and it will be a vampire war. Uh, Jed McKay has been setting it up in his Moon Knight series the past few years. Uh, we've got a couple promo images and you know you've got Blade in there front and center with with all the other ones and they are they're really going all in on on the vampire thing this year and that's that's for sure. Um, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Again, knowing that you guys love events and event comics. So, so is much. this
0: vampire war similar to the one they had with the X Men a few years ago?
1: <laughs> we could
0: is this like the <laughs> Vampire Invasion of England from MI-13? Which <laughs> Vampire War is this? This is Vampire <laughs> War 3? There we go. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm always happy to see more Blade, so uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind. For sure.
1: I, I don't see Bloodline here, which, you know, I think this would be where she mm-hmm. could shine. I'm mm-hmm. yeah, always Blade a big fan of Vampires. On, just, pardon me? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, please.
3: No, I, I I was gonna say it's always fun. I think it's fun to see characters at, um like kind of double up their powers on stuff. So if it's someone who's a vampire, like Bloodstorm uh, or Jubilee, yeah, yeah. If it's someone, if it's something like that, uh, I think it's fun. And so yeah, cool, do it. Um, have some lasting um, uh, have some lasting effects. Because there was a while, wasn't there, a while in in Marvel Universe where there were no vampires? There yes, was many
1: back again not terribly long ago in the avengers um the avengers and i'm sorry blade led a team fighting dracula they commandeered some small town in europe and they basically tricked the avengers into um setting up would could be part of this so now it'd actually be interested to see if this kind of cascades out of that because this is right after they rebooted avengers with um uh, blade as a new member so that would have been avengers 9 for that run um mm. just to see if this is part of the repercussions of that series
3: this is going to yeah, do wonders for the va- the Spider-Man uh, Vampire Wars action figures from 1996. The eBay. I know those they
0: killed the vampires in a Doctor Strange comic back in the 80s. Yeah, uh, he read from,
3: a, he, read from the the some, yeah, he read from the book of Darkhold. Yeah, read from the Darkhold,
0: and it was the Montesi formula. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they killed all the vampires, but and then in the Doctor Strange second series third series is the one the jackson geist covers the one he got in trouble for doing the um Tori amos cover mm. but the uh it uh the spell got weakened and vampires came back and varney even came back the first vampire
1: and then um. everybody remembered who peter parker was
0: <laughs> yes um but his marriage was dissolved <laughs>
1: I,
2: uh, as as I was putting these notes together and I saw that I was um, just kind of going back over with my, my daughter and we had Disney plus up and she's like flipping around trying to find something and she stops on werewolf by night. And I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) So right before we recorded, we just sat there and, and watched werewolf by night again. And I'm like, I love this. And at the end, my daughter looks over and she goes, I love Ted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Fantastic. I was like, yes, I, like, I love Elsie
0: Bloodstone in that. I just wish mm-hmm. that they dressed her 10% different from Jessica Jones.
2: Right. But it's make like it a trench coat, just make it a trench coat instead of like a motorcycle. A trench jacket. coat would have been fine. Right. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, she has just recently, she watched Wizard of Oz for the first time. So she got the reference of the, them playing somewhere over the rainbow as the color comes in at the end of that. Um, and then she also looked over, first she looked over at me and she was like, is Ted swamp thing? And I'm like, no, I can, I get why you thought that. So I explained it to her and she's like, Shh, they'd be best friends. And I was like, yeah, they would be best friends. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so now she wants a, uh, a plushy stuffed animal of man thing and swamp thing that she can, that she they can have
0: eat. a man thing plush at volts. Right oh, now. do they? Yes, okay. I saw well, it earlier I will, today. I got I my locking plush there, and I think I've taken it downstairs already. So yeah,
2: I I will have to swing by this week then because she will she will love that. Um, my next right, uh, plush
0: purchase is going to have to be a bamf though.
2: Oh oh yeah yes yes
0: yes not that kind of bamf the other kind of bamf. <laughs>
2: Is it, is it just the word balloon? (laughs) It's just a pillow (laughs) word balloon. This is BAMF on it. (laughs) Um, So the next one, uh, we've got a new Dragon Ball anime series that was announced. Um, uh, Not a lot in the, in the Dragon Ball fandom, they've been kind of wanting more of a continuation of the story that they left off on 2019, 2018, 2019. That's not what we're getting. We're getting something completely different. Um, It's called Dragon Ball Daimia. uh, And it is, it looks like they turn all of the characters into children somehow. And so they've got the big chibi heads. And uh, how does my daughter look?
0: He's already kind of got a chibi head.
2: He looks like he did in Dragon Ball. Like they all kind of resort back to that which is weird because they have children and I'm like, how are they going to be infants? Are they going to no, see Trunks is going
0: to come back from the future again <laughs> to babysit
2: them? Yes. <laughs> Cause Piccolo can't do it anymore. Cause he is also a child. Um But it's uh yeah, it's, it looks like they have this kind of set up to be a season to give them more time to work on the, because of the COVID shutdown and, They took a little bit while, a little bit longer to get going back in Japan than we did here because they were smart about things. Um, But uh, so I think that that's my opinion on it is I think that they're releasing this is kind of a stop, like a stop gap to like here, here's content. we're working on content. Here's a season of this. Cause there's, it looks like there's a lot more computer animation in this one versus like the hand-drawn animation styles that they've been using
0: well like the netflix berserk stuff
2: yeah yeah it looks like it but it also looks like a mix between some hand-drawn stuff in there too it's definitely for the backgrounds a lot of the backgrounds are cg and the characters are drawn which is fine but i just feel like this might be a kind of a stopgap for the until they can get the other stuff up and going. I
0: think what you're seeing is a a continuing trend in animation.
2: Mm -hmm. So I think
0: it's just going to move closer to what you're describing in general.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, when it's done, when it's done well, I, it
1: doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, okay, cool. That looks great. I'm kind of curious now, does this become effectively like the young Dragon Ball Chronicles or, um, Dragon Ball go. Like Teen Titans, yeah, yeah. I I don't know enough about it to go. It could go either way, or neither of those ways.
2: I mean, it it could. The one thing that um, with the uh, Akira Toriyama, the creator, that he he is notorious for not caring about continuity or canon at all. He forget he forgot that there was a character that he did for. However many, you know, years in the manga and then in Dragon Ball and then she never showed up in Dragon Ball Z and someone asked him at a convention, you know, whatever happened to this character? And he was like, who are you talking about? Like, he completely forgot. And there was there was another one where the, the Saiyans were all born with tails and then they just stopped being born with tails and someone asked him and he's like, I just didn't like the idea of them having to cut holes in their pants for tails. So they don't have them anymore. And I'm like, that's an honest answer. Thank you. <laughs> but so he so and he's very involved with this one. So I don't know. It, he it could just be a story that they tell and it's like it could take place between, you know, this and this, if it if it's in a short enough period. I I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell with Toriyama until you see it. And then somebody else has to try and scramble to make it make sense later on. That's kind of his MO when it comes down to it. But he's just a pitch guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like he, 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 he does the stories. He just doesn't connect the stories to the other stories that he's already done. He lets other people figure that out for him. But I mean, when you've been doing it as long as he has, go ahead, man, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and uh, kind of, uh, going back and speaking to, uh, Jessica Jones, uh, got, had a Kristen Ritter sighting in the trailer for orphan black echoes at New York comic-con are any of you guys orphan black
1: fans. I was for a bit and I just kind of, I can't remember why I stopped watching, but I did love the show. I should actually go back and, and, uh, pick it up again. Cause I actually mm-hmm. thought it was a interesting concept that was executed well.
0: haven't seen it.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting show. I was kind of like, I finished it, but I remember, I feel like I missed some episodes in there. Like, and that's one where you should watch every episode to make sure you get everything. But
1: because they packed, it was a very dense show. Yes. for, for the concept that they had, they didn't pull punches about making each of the characters they introduced have something that was, you know, some strange part of their backstory that interconnected. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of really, if you missed an episode, you're kind of like, well, I'll, I'll try to catch up and right. Might not. There one thing.
2: Their catch line on the trailer was like the most original copy of another show or something, <laughs> something like that. And it's about cloning, so I was like, oh okay, okay, cool. That's that's neat. But uh I like seeing Kristen Ritter. She's a good actress, so seeing her get work is always always fun. All right. Uh you know, back back to uh Vampires. Um, we got a look at the second season of Interview with a Vampire on MGM Plus and uh, The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, which I think is the Michonne. The Michonne Show, if I'm not mistaken. So there was that. Uh, some comics news. Uh, Miss Minutes is going to be making a leap uh, from the screen to the page in a tease uh, from CB Um So I'm interested in I, how Miss Minutes is going to have a full series or if it's a mini series or what's going to go on there. An
0: anthology story, which would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do enough anthologies anymore. Actually Mm. DC and Marvel have been doing better lately because they've been doing the, uh, the black, white and blood or Mm. blue or green or whatever the uh, color of the week is. But like those anthologies are fun and you start to get the, uh, get to try out new talent and see some fun stuff. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, uh, DC announced the return of Elseworlds as an imprint, yes. uh, and they're getting six new series attached to it, or no less know, than six new series. I didn't
0: know it left.
2: <laughs> they just A stopped doing one. things and hope nobody notices.
1: <laughs> Andrew noticed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a no I have a news section on the next one later. Uh so they also showed a uh apparently an episode and a teaser uh for the Apple plus Apple TV Plus uh show Monarch uh, legacy of monsters. So, so you know, it's so- about
0: the mighty monarch from the Venture Brothers.
2: I don't think so. I think this is Godzilla related. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Um, I've liked most of the Apple Plus TV shows. I think they they have a a nice quality to them, so I'm interested to see see what that looks like.
1: I'm also interested in that show because it stars not only Jack Russell, but Wyatt as a younger version of Jack Russell's character. Uh, Not Jack Russell, sorry. Um, Kurt Russell.
2: Kurt Russell, okay. Kurt
1: Russell, sorry. I was thinking Terrier for some reason. Um, But (laughs) Kurt Russell... Uh, and Wyatt playing a younger version of him of the same character, um, so huh. it'll be a little bit of back and forth time wise. So I think it'll be interesting to see how how that pans out, mm-hmm. just to see the same character in different time zones, but played by somebody who looks just like the you know the younger or the older version, depending on which way you're going.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some more uh, Chip Zdarsky. Uh, so Chip Zdarsky and Jason Liu are having a Comicsology original series, The All-Nighter, uh, and it's uh, returning for one final storyline, and it's launching on Halloween. And then uh, former Marvel mainstay Jason Aaron is taking over DC flagship Action Comics for three months to launch a round-robin era of writers on the title, and he'll be followed by current Superman writer Joshua Williamson for a crossover bringing Brainiac back on the stage. I like me some Jason Aaron.
1: So Rob, how do you, how do you feel about that? I am actually really interested to see it because I loved what he did with Thor, both with the Odin son and with Jane Foster and how he built the mythologies around them. Um, He knows how to do big stories. Well, Mm -hmm. so I'm curious to see in three months, what he can do, what he can bring to the mythology or bring back to the mythology of Superman. Um, But that being said, I've enjoyed uh, Williamson's run on Superman for the past uh, year and a half or so, since he took over after Bendis. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of pushed me in a couple of directions with comics that are like, I'm an old man who's been reading comics for a long time. And I'm kind kind of like, I like my comics a certain way. But I also appreciate it when they can push a character or a series in a direction that I didn't see. Um, and make choices uh, like they did with the x men in their whole um, Krakoan age never saw that mm-hmm. coming but it was an interesting ch- an interesting take on the x-men and he's done some things with Superman and introduced characters that have been like well that's that was a choice but how he how they've developed over the time has been really fun to watch and how they've grown the uh, the extended Kent family so to speak
2: mm-hmm um, so, uh, next one I have is a uh, 2000 AD is collecting some of the finest work of the galaxy's greatest comic ran by the late great Steve Dillon in a deluxe format edition.
0: So, so that'll probably be Emerald Isle city of the damned. And I'm trying to think of the distinctive Steve Dillon. He did part of the apocalypse war too, I think. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, he had a good run on 2000 AD uh, back in the day. So yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to reprint there.
2: Cool. And uh, so, so the next story or the next one is uh, Peach from Loco is going to be the creative force behind the new Ultimate X Men series, which is awesome because I love her art, and it it's it's nice to see that because I believe it it's I think it's just called the Ultimates that. Uh, Hickman is writing. And I used to be a Hickman fan when he was doing some of the early Fantastic Four stuff. But as I was reading his X-Men stuff, I was just like, I I think I'm over it.
0: (laughs) You don't like the Inhumans,
2: Luke? No, (laughs) no. And yeah, it's just...
0: You, you, but you, but you were okay when the dire race were turned into. Endurance.
2: Listen, I'm a still difference. salty Sorry, about no. that. No, really? They're uh,
0: scrolls. God damn it. Anyway.
2: Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs>
3: let's go back to the original origin.
0: There's, they're, they're also space wizards, but okay. in Marvel, they're scrolls.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's but the Peach Momoko, is that that was a, a a good story to hear because her artwork is amazing, and so let, let's I'm on board. Let's do it. Uh, there's also going to be uh, the first uh, Ultimate Black Panther series as well is going to be coming out next year.
0: Wasn't there a Black Panther in the Ultimate Universe? I think I'm it i pretty means, sure there was I don't
1: think, he, I don't think he did he they didn't do a
2: series. Did he have oh, yeah, his own he didn't series. have a series, yeah. but the character existed. Yeah. Right, right. I think this is his, his first series, ultimate series he's getting.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, and then also, don't worry, we're going to get the pet themed Infinity Paws, uh coming to Marvel Unlimited. Because why awesome. not?
1: <laughs> Look, as long as if it's got Jeff in it, I'm good. I'm golden.
2: <laughs>
0: Jeff's pretty great.
2: Yeah, um, there's a uh, uh, Jason Todd will live again, again, uh, as DC plans to reprint Batman 428, the issue that killed Robin uh, with a difference. Namely, they're printing the version that would have been released had the phone vote gone the other way.
1: So, And
0: is this the one that doesn't get Jim Starlin fired for killing uh, Robin?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll still get fired. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, John Constantine Hellblazer might technically be dead, but he's getting a new series from Cy Spurrier and Aaron Campbell, and I love me some Constantine. So so that should be fun.
0: When did he die? Uh, Recently, I yeah? Yeah, could... I should
2: have looked that up. It's, it's been pretty recent.
0: Okay.
2: Um, image... Out? Image uh, Comics imprint uh, Giant Generator has signed 12 former Marvel and DC creators to exclusive contracts to create uh, all new work they'll own, which is always fun. And, okay, we will jump to uh, this one about Ghost Machine. Uh, Jeff Johns, uh, Gary Frank, Brian Hint, Francis Manipal, and more A-list creators form new comic imprint Ghost Machine. Uh, several of the biggest names of superhero comics are coming together to launch their own creator-owned and operated media company, The Ghost Machine. Jason Fabok, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipole, Brian Metzler, Peter J. Tomasi, uh, Mattal Zutut will all become uh, exclusive Ghost Machine creators once their current obligations to other publishers are through. Uh, the quote is, "Our ambition for Ghost Machine is to push beyond superheroes, introducing new genres, characters, and shared universes completely co-owned by all the creators involved. We see this as uh, oh, sorry we see this as the future of how creatives will work, retain creative control and meaningful meaningfully participate in successes like never before. Uh, Our passion is for the magic of graphic storytelling and emotional resonance of compelling characters, but we're not just a comic book company. We are the first wholly creator-owned and operated media company of its kind, born out of a desire to create and succeed together. Uh, Rather than operating as a publisher itself, Ghost Machine will publish its titles through Image Comics.
1: Oh, it's Milestone. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah,
2: it's White Milestone.
0: Oh. (laughs) Plymouth Rock.
3: <laughs> Look at this thing we've discovered, and there's
1: already people here. Boy, I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, and I wish them well. I love all the creators listed here, but you know, it's like oh, this has never been done before. Hey, hasn't there's it? There's thing in 1993 that happened. Oh wait, there's yeah, thing but in, <laughs> yeah, there's this thing that's happened a couple of times. Uh, image being one of them that happened. Well, and
0: continuity did it too, and so did yeah. the '70s Atlas Comics that Goodman put out. Yeah, but, so
1: yeah, this, but is so this is hardly unprecedented. You're looking for, yeah, right. Oh man,
3: and and genre, new genres of comic books. Uh, so they're going to make like a cooking show comic. <laughs> It'll it has recipes that you can follow along with, and because they're going to move away from superheroes. But
1: they're their, uh, their what was the name of that book? Oh, is that the, um,
0: the exercise one that teaches you how to stretch and eat right. Oh, well, it wasn't just, no, just like a
1: big <laughs> of fun or something, and it had you know all of the you could color the pages, you could you could do connect the dots drawing. I'm sorry, I'm dating myself here, <laughs> um, but there were things like you know, they had recipes and stuff in it. You know, make you know Captain America cookies or whatever the heck it was. But
2: uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Everything it's, old it's, is new again. Get off my lawn. Yep. And cut your hair. <laughs> Um, uh, this next, this next one, I didn't put on the notes, but I, I remembered it while we were talking, uh, the rocketeer is returning with a Disney plus movie,
1: which I am excited about because I love the rocketeer until I see it. It, it never happened (laughs) because Disney promised me this years, the cart, the cartoon, Cartoon. the one that's like, yep. Yep. I remember, yeah. I remember I had a Rocketeer
2: panel and we talked about it and we were all amped up about it and then it disappeared so and it was I never spoken screen, of again. Never
1: happened. Ain't nothing going to happen. <laughs> I,
2: I love me some Rocketeer. It reminds for me, it's pure nostalgia because where I grew up in uh, Southern California still had that, it was like a smaller town kind of out Away from everything, so it still had that kind of art deco, like old old Hollywood feel to the town. So, seeing like the
0: bulldog diner you used to eat at, and yeah,
2: there it wasn't a bulldog, but there was a uh, giant tap, it was just a dome, it was just a dome that was a, a roadside diner.
0: It, it's because they it, took the brim off of it, it it's was, a was the brown <laughs> derby. derby,
2: right? Right, and 82. uh. And they had, they also had in the town a old, uh, like classic uh, aviation hangar where they were flying biplanes and old World War II planes and and stuff like that. So I grew Mm -hmm. up around that. So so seeing like I remember seeing that first movie, I was like, oh, this looks like where I grew up. It's exactly what it looks like. So I'm always going to be a sucker for the Rocketeer. So yeah, just give me. Give me more. Those Mark Wade, Chris Samney, rocketeer stories, the cargo of doom. Fantastic. I loved them. So that's, that's good. I, I hopefully optimistic.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now going to floor you guys. I've never seen the movie.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, it's a fun movie.
0: So my dad worked on the display packaging for the rocketeer before the movie came out. And he says, he, he 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 brings some of the materials home and he says, hey, you, you like comic books. You, you know about this comic book character, the Rocketeer? And I'm eight, eight years old, seven years old or something. And, and it's like, no, I've not heard of the Rocketeer. This is great. <laughs> and so I start flipping through some of the Dave Stevens issues. Not for kids. No. Not no, for no, no, kids no, no, at no, no, all. No, no, and no. And no, it's no. just like, dad, what's this? And it's Betty. And it's Betty, like, right?
2: what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Betty constantly in compromised situations with director
1: or producer a or B. Right. <laughs> so, ooh, ooh. so Luke as you are a, a longtime Rocketeer fan. Um, how do you feel about the was it the current series? Um, I
2: franchise? have I have the what first issue. I haven't been able to pick up the honestly, I just forgot to add it to my hold, but I did pick up the first issue. I think I reviewed it when it back when it came out, but I loved it. I love every Rocketeer story. I'm, I'm going to eat it up no matter what. So, but I, I enjoyed it. Have you read it?
1: I have. i um, uh, it's, I think it's three issues into this current story and it's, it's a fun ride again. Um, after the, and it continues from I think the last one was the big race,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it and it picks up uh, a short time after that, and it's uh, it's you know feels the same. Uh, it's fun. It does. It is very evocative of the movie.
2: Nazis just can't figure out jetpacks apparently.
1: Yeah, or or, or <laughs> not can punch in the face. Right. <laughs> yeah. But
2: I, you know what, Chris, I would suggest watching the Rocketeer at least once just so you I can say it, that it you back, did it. Yeah.
3: Missed it back in the day. Like I, uh, there's a point when I stopped watching a ton of movies. Um, and that's more recent, but like back in that, that is the era of movies that I saw everything. And it's just one that I, I never just watched slipped
2: through, mm-hmm. but you watch the phantom, right? Oh yeah, I saw that in the first <laughs> run of the theater. My dad,
3: my dad's from uh, immigrant from Germany. Like the Phantom is the shit over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that he's he is the the end all be all of superheroes. He was the coolest thing in the world over there. And so yeah, we went and saw that Billy Zane movie opening day. And I think it's one of the last movies that my dad and I saw in the movie theater together <laughs> until like the the Tron sequel. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it was like, we just didn't end up going to movies anymore. Mm. Um, Oh, so so Billy Zane didn't ruin
2: movies for you guys.
3: Yeah. I'm not saying it was the Phantom (laughs) and Billy Zane ruining those movies and
2: my movie relationship with my dad, but it kind of (laughs) was. I remember when that was coming out because I was, I was younger when that came out, but I remember McDonald's had the Phantom ring. If you bought like, uh, I think it was like back back when they had the Arch Deluxe meal. It was like you could get the Arch Deluxe with a a Phantom Ring, and I was like, you know, I was still in like getting little kids' food from McDonald's, and I was like, Mom, I want an Arch Deluxe. And she's like, what? And I was like, I want an Arch Deluxe. I need the Phantom Ring, and I finally got it. Lost it three days later. I, <laughs> but it's all right. eBay's around, so if I yeah. really wanted a Phantom Ring, I could go find that McDonald's Phantom Ring out there somewhere. Um. All right, next story. Uh, Marvel reportedly lets go of Daredevil TV show writer and director as part of complete overhaul. Um. I saw this and I was like, "Am I ever going to see Daredevil again?" Um, but no, he's, uh, dead. he's
0: never <laughs> Best to come uh, to terms with that now,
2: right? So, so I can just be happy if he, if it in fact does come come back. It's not coming um, back. <laughs> so this uh, story was uh, Daredevil Born Again is getting a complete overhaul according to major new report. The Marvel series has reportedly let go of its writers and directors as a look to uh, reangle the show. Uh, per The Hollywood Reporter, a production break uh, mid-June for the w- WGA strike saw Marvel executives, including Kevin Feige, review footage and decide the show wasn't working. At the time, fewer than half of the show's 18 episode run had been shot and was angled as a legal
1: procedural. Let me pause Uh, you right there for a second. mm -hmm. So, given that most of the Disney shows that we've gotten to this point have been six or eight episodes, I mean, it's not consistent. I mean, not consistently, but especially Mm -hmm. the later batches have been, you know, six to eight episodes where they've got to try and shoehorn a lot of story into a little bit of time without a lot of fluff, like we got with some of the Netflix Mm -hmm. shows. How do you feel about this being or having been uh, considered for an 18 episode run? I mean, that's, you know, almost a full network season.
2: Yeah. I think, I think for me, the way that I took it was he's, he's not going to be in movies, right? It's like, you can't, you can't lock up uh, Paul Bettany or Anthony Mackie or these guys to do an 18 episode 18 episode show when they're going to be showing up in the movies. Charlie Cox, on the other hand, Vincent D'Onofrio. I think that was the compromise. Like, listen, you're not getting a movie, but we will give you a big, a big season. And I remember them touting it as when they first announced it, that it's the longest, uh, the most episodes of any Disney plus show so far. Yeah. And that was kind of there. That was kind of their bragging. They're like, Hey, look at what we're doing. We're doing a full, full season. And so I'm always a fan of give me more daredevil. So really? I, yeah, yeah who to thunk it. Um, but yeah, so the rest of the story said problem arose from the fact that it had a wildly different tone than the original Netflix show, which was known for its violence and only shot, saw, saw Charlie Cox's crime fighter show up in the costume in episode four. Um, uh, as a result, Marvel reportedly let go of the head writers Chris Ord and Matt Corman and the directors of the remaining season to focus on a creative reboot of the show. Now the studio is working on getting new writers and directors for the project. Uh, Daredevil Born Again was supposed to act as a reboot to Matt, Murdo- Matt Murdock's story uh, after his run on the Netflix series. Uh, he was uh, brought to the MCU in Spider-Man No Way Home. Are they doing uh, then- the
0: born-again story, presumably. That seems a difficult place <sighs> yeah, to yep. start. Yep. Yeah, that's like yep. starting with Dark Knight Returns, and we know how yep. well that worked out.
2: Yep, yep. Um, so uh, the Disney Plus show was supposed to act as a major reintroduction of the character, which would be, I think they might have just done the, took took the title, and then they're just going to kind of work with it. Uh, I guess maybe more along the lines of, like, uh, kind of what they did with Winter Soldier. Captain America winter soldier where it's yeah, it is winter soldier at some points, but also not. They kind of shoehorned in other stories. I think that's what their take was going to be on it. And also how they directly adapt born again to a Disney show is. Uh,
0: So born again is not that bad content wise compared to uh, other options. It's not like they're doing Electra Lives, right. you know what I mean? Uh, because the the worst thing you have in there is Karen as a heroin addict, right? Uh, yeah,
2: but, but they also yeah, it, I'm yeah. There's that and showing how how she became a heroin addict with adult films and such. It, it doesn't
0: <laughs> show that in Born
2: Again. No, no. It, it's it's all no. it's all text. It's all yeah. text. It's not so. But
0: yeah. So like, I don't think that there's anything in born again that you can't show on Disney plus. um, Other than, I mean, anything that can't be artfully shot around.
2: You yeah. Know? And But then it's also, they kind of changed what, because there was, the, they added Karen's secret in daredevil of the accidental death of her brother. And they kind of use that as the, is the blackmail through the through the show and i also know that she wasn't asked to be brought back i don't think they ever cast a karen for the show so that kind of leads me to believe they're just using the name and they're like oh it's a good look born again reboot let's just use that so, and and then so
0: instead of uh um uh having super villains that we're accustomed to, we're going to have star Saxon in there as Mr. Great. Fear.
2: And, uh, yeah. Listen, I, I want to, Death I want stalker. to see some Mr. Fear.
3: So the guys uh, that they fired, uh, the mm-hmm. things that they were, that they're famous for on their IMDB that I, I've been looking up here is that they wrote the movie deck, the halls. Uh, What's that? it's a, uh, that, that Danny DeVito, um, uh, Matthew Broderick yep. movie where they're fighting over yep. who's, Putting up bitter Christmas decorations.
0: I've yep. never seen that. As you it's, might imagine, It's
3: terrible. <laughs> uh, I I like Christmas movies, you know, and I watched it uh, with the family. It's terrible. Um, and their their shows are Covert Affairs, Containment, The Brave, and The Enemy Within. Two episodes of that. Um, yeah. All of them are like in the five to seven range. Doesn't sound like they're fantastic at this. Uh, Covert the,
1: Affairs was an okay show. It was like Alias, light.
3: Okay. Yeah. So I, it I, was, uh, they actually, it sounds like one of them created it. The Steve, uh, Matt Corman, um, mm-hmm. helped that create that show. Right. Yeah. And,
1: it was, uh, it was a, a da, 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 USA Network show.
3: Yeah. A CIA operative. Yep. And yeah. So Burn it sounds noticed? like it's in the, <laughs> in the, in the ballpark, right? Yeah. So, uh, re- Recently, I finally watched Captain America: The First Avenger. I was on the plane back from LA and I and I finally watched it. It's just one that I skipped cuz the family watched it without me, no big deal. But it's not something that I'm that salty think, about it or anything. Not that I'm salty about it or anything like that. It would have made the Captain America movies a lot different having seen it. But I think it's something that Marvel has kind of lost its its way with in its movies and its TV shows in that it used to have this philosophy of uh, we're not going to beat the head, o- uh, beat the audience over the head with tons of superhero movies. We're making different movies we're making a world war ii epic we're making a spy movie we're making a heist movie making a heist movie you know what i mean and that was the thing it happens to have our superhero characters in it and i think that that is lost a little bit it feels like if you have a character who's a lawyer you should have a courtroom drama that has something to do with a superhero that can help fix what's going on in the courtroom Uh, well she-hulk like she hulk and even <laughs> she hulk wasn't like the wasn't uh, apparently the writers on that show everyone looked at each other and was like does anyone know how to write a courtroom drama and they all went no okay well that's not going to be the focus then <laughs> first off how do you hire a whole bunch of writers and then you just have and that's what i th- feel like there's a lot of the problem with this is they're just hiring people and they're like "Ah, hey, you kind of you look like you kind of know what you're doing here you know what i mean and it it feels like There are so many shows that have been on television over the years where it is a person who uh, uh, like the Perry Mason TV show. It's a guy who goes out and does other things other than in the courtroom Jake and the fat man, scarecrow and Mrs. King. There are all of these TV shows. I'm only naming ones that are other shows.
0: Bruce Boxleitner in them.
3: Yes. But it seems like these are the ease. These would be the easy ones to do where you just write down the story beats from those things where it's like, ah, it's a murder in it. But instead of it just being some guy, it's porcupine or something, you know? And then he goes and, and it's has punisher involved somehow. Uh Oh,
1: well, that, this just got interesting. He's it Luke. Is sick real. of me. He's
3: like, <laughs> it's like, forget you talking about my daredevil like that.
0: It almost <laughs> disconnected me a moment ago. So
1: yeah, same no. here. We'll keep it. We'll keep, yeah, it keep going. going. Keep going. Well, but I mean, I but that. 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 I don't think Cap- you're wrong. But I what's think that? that? Um. I don't think you're wrong. I think that you know there are ways to do this and to make it um, to to bring in other genres, you know, not just make it straight superhero movie. And I agree with you that Marvel made a had made a period piece for their second, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Their second superhero movie. It's like, we're just going to do a period piece and call it good. A third movie. Sorry. Cause Thor third, came yep. first, but I mean, they did. So they did, um, they did a superhero movie. i say that Iron Man, I'll give it the superhero origin story just because they could. But then you got a Shakespearean drama. Mm-hmm. You got a World War II period piece. And I think that the thing that they did so well was that it was just, we're telling a story that happens to have some people over here who can do other things that are out of the ordinary. Yeah, And it's now it's become, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, you know, which the superhero story was the superhero angle. I think that with some of their TV shows, however, they've gotten to branch out a bit and do different things, especially if you look at WandaVision, where, where, you know, we're going to tell a story about this woman who had, I can't even say a bad day, who's had a bad life. Right. And she's expressing her grief and to do it as a comedy series. was, inspired for the lack of a better way to put it. Um, And you get, you know, some of these other shows have been like, you know, thriller esque with a little bit of fantastic things thrown into them. Um, I would say that um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is an example Mm -hmm. was not so much a spy story, but it was, you know, military operation, special, special operative operations, uh, but you've got this other story, and I would have loved to have seen what happened when, you know, if they'd gone with the original storyline. Um, and Luke just says that he is, his internet went out, it's rebooting now, and to keep going. So we're just going to keep talking because that's what okay. we're doing. But I think that we've seen that Marvel hasn't lost that knowledge of how to do it, but I think they just keep looking at dollar signs especially when it comes to the movies is like well we're just gonna be a big superhero blockbuster movie right well there's another smaller one
3: yep there's the dollar signs there's the 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 flanderization of things where it is the it it becomes the goofiest version of itself as it as it goes along yeah and uh um things happen to them that are out of their control as well like sure. uh wandavision was supposed to be after winter soldier because winter soldier uh, falcon and winter soldier was supposed to be like the more uh uh more like the other superhero movies it's the mm-hmm. it's the superhero characters doing superhero stuff you know what i mean but it is still like a globe trotting uh um uh, action thriller uh, yeah y- yes thriller cop, and then wandavision was movie. Yes, buddy cop movie for sure, and then Wandavision was supposed to come along and be like the oddball, right? Like this is so out there, you know what I mean? Like we're not sure audiences are even going to like this.
0: And yeah, then
1: said it would have been Loki for me, right? Is the oddball, right? Yeah, that was it. And yeah, that be, was the way that we got.
0: I'm it. a sucker for an oddball. Thank yes, you Doom Patrol and the <laughs> uh, uh,
3: and Werewolf by Night, like that's the horror, sure, yeah. right? Sure. Like they've been doing. There's stuff there that's been that's been really cool. Um, but yeah, but the things that are out of their control are like things like COVID and like the the writer strike and stuff like that. Like those are those are going to put some things in the ground that we're never going to get to see. And unfortunately, Daredevil might be one of them. Um, these you got to also understand that like these people are getting older. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every single time, like watching that uh, watching Chris Evans from uh, almost <laughs> to ten years, 10, 15 years ago,
1: right? Is is different? The yeah. and well even. And, even looking at Evans from that, look at him. So that was, uh, I mean, first Avenger would have been 2011, 2012. Look at him seven years before in the Fantastic Four movies. Look right. at how different he was just that. But yeah. going to your point of, you know, everybody's getting older and, you know, you've already signed them to a nine appearance deal or, or whatever. You know, I think that one of the next things, if they ever figure out the whole... Who is going to be the new Kang if we have to no longer use Jonathan Majors or what direction we take that? You know, I like the idea of uh, one that I heard floated of the High Evolutionary becoming a Kang variant that they follow. I am I would listen to Chuck Woody Iwuji read the phone book. Right. So having him as the High Evolutionary as a variant of Kang, I'm in. Totally sure. in. Or Doctor Doom and then go into Secret Wars. And then they can hit the giant reboot button, and they just tell different stories.
3: Sure, or you know what? Just replace him if you if that's the problem. You know what I mean. This is another thing out of out of control.
1: Before in a role, I'm looking at you, Terrence Howard.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like they've done it. You know what I mean? And they've done it to great effect.
0: And it's you saw a room full of variants. It's just (laughs) it's just not him anymore. It's Gary off to the side.
3: Yeah. They yeah. replace they that repla- would be the
0: lizard one. And then, then you don't, doesn't matter. It's just a voiceover.
3: Yeah. There you go a hundred percent like that. Like it is, there's stuff that, that we as fans like will, will let slide in the, in the pursuit of better story. You know what I mean? Like if, sure. the, if the deal is that you're, that it's all going to die and fall apart. Uh, but they, they certainly Marvel is, is also, uh, um, uh, the victim of like a lack of a direction at the moment. It feels like it feels. It still feels like treading water. I'm it, going
1: to it's... argue against that point.
3: Yeah, I, please. And, it, and and then I'm going to disconnect and say my internet got uh, <laughs> uh, <a> rebooted. <laughs> and then I'll be.
1: <laughs> I don't like yeah. Rob's argument. I'm out. Bo. I think that I think that one of the things that we've run into with Mar- with the MCU in its various permutations is that we had something that was building up to a thing. And we knew it, that thing, well, we, the fans of the comics had an idea of what this thing is going to be. And it was Infinity War and Endgame. And then we got Phase 4. And I think that Phase 4 alienated a lot of people because it was kind of, it seemed aimless. But what Phase 4 was doing was, it was the, you know, as they finally addressed, it was their grief and trauma cycle and it kicked off with WandaVision. Uh, and if you're going to kick off something with grief and trauma, that was a hell of a way to go. Um, and then you get things like um Love and Thunder, which eh, eh. And, it's and not I'll, as bad. It's not no, no, no. good. And it's it good. and it's it suffers horrific.
3: from being after Ragnarok, which is S tier. That is that movie is so good. Sure. But Leven totally Thunder it. is okay. It is. It is certainly not Dark World, and it's certainly no. not down in the. And I'd watch it over almost any DC movie. And so, but but fair. but compare. But we've we've come accustomed to uh, better quality than that, yes, right? So but, I mean, sorry, was, go ahead.
1: It was it was a little. It was a step down or a step yeah. backwards, kind of. Um, but we've seen that they can you know, we've seen this whole grief and trauma cycle. And I was going to say that we had an outlier to a degree with Shang-Chi where it was just straight up. We're we're going to do a a martial arts movie go. Mm -hmm. And it was fun and it was good. And it told a story. And where the hell has he been for the past 17 movies now? Yes. Or TV shows. Yes. Any any of the magical people,
3: any of this, of those forces that they have built up that. And even in that movie, there's that, uh, that fighting ring where there's superheroes and villains that come and fight each other in like an underground fight club. Where yes. is that show? You could.
0: Unlimited do... class wrestling. It's already in the comics.
3: It's yes it, there you it, go. yes. it writes itself. And you're sitting here
1: fighting with people about doing a courtroom drama. It's exactly. like, you have these other things. What are you doing with it? But then you also got some, then you got the one in phase four that was the most, I think divisive Marvel movie of all time. Eternals. And mm. they're, you know, they're doing more of the cosmic world building that's not funny like um, Guardians. It's, okay, so we're setting up, we're, we're playing the long game here with Eternals. We're setting up, you know, these characters and these events uh, that are, are going to drive other things.
0: Are they, though? Because none of the other shows have really mentioned them. Well, Loki that's,
1: that's has, going.
0: has a thing in the background of one of the episodes,
1: the so movie poster.
0: With, so does
1: uh, uh, crap. Yes. There's another show that does. But that's well. not
0: enough.
1: Guardian, that's... No, I'm sorry. It was it was a Guardians three dead because we were talking about the hand in the Atlantic in the Indian Ocean. Finally, you know, three years after the event happened, yeah. And it's like, you know, is, is everybody just like that's another Tuesday in MCU? Oh, hey, look, there's a giant head in the Indian Ocean. That's nice. Pass the pass the salt. Yeah. So not... I think that getting back to a, some, it's a, not a direction, getting back to a set, a larger set piece, like we got with Endgame and Infinity, where we knew that it had to come down to the snap. We knew that was coming as comics fans. People who were new to the characters were in for a great ride to get to that point. Those of us who were fans were like, oh, I know what's coming, I know kind of what's coming next because they've adapted the stories in different ways. And I think that that we've gotten out of phase four and into phase five, we may start getting, hopefully, that kind of direction again. Whether it's getting to Secret Wars, whether it's getting to Tang Dynasty, whatever they wind up doing that they had planned to do. Or if they're just like, you know what, that was a good idea at the time. We're going to change tack and do this now. It, I think that they're moving in a direction to be less seemingly aimless. At least that's my hope from what I've seen so far. But that's that's where I don't think that Marvel is lost completely. I don't think they're definitely oh, no. not as bad as DC's movies have been <laughs> as far as trying to look. We got we got a, we got all of these characters. Let's just thump something the wall and see what sticks. And unfortunately, it all just kind of goes broom, 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 down the yeah. wall. Constra- um, I think constraints. A good, oh, I sorry. Think man. Luke made a good point when he was saying Blue Beetle really wasn't bad to me. Blue Beetle was a kind of throwback to like the first Shazam movie. It was fun to watch.
0: I like that first it Shazam was, movie. It was
1: light and it was, it was fun. You could watch it. You, you could watch it with your family and just be like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, but then, you know, in DC fashion, things just kind of went with their follow up movies. And you're just like, well, at least we yeah. got one. Thank you. Yeah. Well,
3: I, I agree with you. Um, I, I firmly believe that constraints foster creativity, and I I that's what I mean. Like when Marvel saying that they don't have a direction, like you were saying in the in the that you knew the snap was coming up, all of the other stories had to somehow feel like they were getting to that right. Correct. Like we knew we were getting getting to something. Hey, Luke, Welcome and back. and that that's where where. It, and you could already like you felt that uh, immediately in in Captain America, right? Where it was like this is leading towards something. They're going to do the story beats in here, even if they're hard and uncomfortable. Eh, nice, uh, because it has to happen. It has to happen in the story. There was a bunch sure. of stuff in that movie that I thought if you f- if they had filmed it today, there's a bunch of stuff they wouldn't have done. Sure, and it, it, uh, there there would have been some sort of like screening with an audience where they were like we don't like the Bucky died or we don't like that um that uh cap shoots so many people i mean he was in a war he was a soldier in a war <laughs> right <laughs> you know but they like at some point they would have been like you know what he what if he comes up with like a nerf gun that stuns the nazis while he's fighting them and stuff you know uh, and, yeah
0: arnim and- zola needed to be more of a robotic teletubby
3: Yes. Yeah. So they could sell more <laughs> more plush action figures. With so him just stuff, being on a TV you know. screen didn't do it for you.
0: No, it did. It, it, it did. it did. Winter Soldier uh, did it for me quite well. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The only that, reason I don't have an Arnim Zola action figure is that I don't really like having Nazi action figures.
3: Mm,
1: yeah. Fair enough.
3: We have um, filled the time. With but excellent, excellent. A deep dive into into Marvel and their and their media. So,
1: but I think <laughs> that it also dovetails nicely into your next point of barely scratch the surface, and um, and whether or not the well has the well has run dry, or if if we have come to expect certain things that Marvel just hasn't given us or has opted not to show us. Um, mm. Chris, to go back to your point about being able to do out there things werewolf by night last year was a brilliant take on a horror movie for marvel or a horror show Mm. rather than differentiate between movie and tv just a show that they presented us with you know they didn't go too over the top with fantastic characters until you know halfway through it and it's just like it's what's going on in this creepy castle hmm it's a hunt okay what are we hunting this guy why oh well that's a thing here we are
3: it was a fantastic so, premise that brought a whole bunch of cool characters together. It had a twist that maybe you you didn't a hundred percent see coming from from the very beginning. It was shot in a creative way. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's so many boxes that that were ticked, exactly. and I also think it's because it was like off the radar of bigwigs. That's sure. the that's what one of the things that happens with Superman, Batman, and Wonderman Wonder Woman movies is that they are so under scrutiny because they are like these have to be billion dollar movies or we're all gonna like mm-hmm. lose our gold second golden yachts yeah. and there's a whole <laughs> bunch of and they, so they come in and they're like we're My doing Werewolf
2: needs a
0: new boat yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and
3: they come in we're like we're doing a Werewolf by Night and they're like who with what fine. <laughs> do what you want get out of my office we're we're argue
1: analyzing they do whether do the they should same kind of thing with um uh, ant-man the first one yeah it's like you, who,
0: garrett
1: morris what yeah. no 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 we're going to do something different and yep. and i think that it uh, appealed to people because it was so unexpected for marvel to actually do a comedy that wasn't just chris pratt being sarcastic every other line yeah.